1: Michael kissed. You caught me not listening again. Benjamin Solak.
2: You never listen.
1: It's the Kist and Solak show, presented by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. You are flying high on the Kist and Solak show. This is episode 144, brought to you by the fine folk at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I am your host, Michael Kist. Follow me on Twitter at Michael Kist NFL. That's K I S T. As always, joined by the best doggone co-host in the game, Mr. Nine Year Streak Without a Bad Day. He is Benjamin Solak. Follow him on Twitter at Benjamin Solak. That's S-O-L-A-K. Ben, good to be back, brother. I missed you. How you doing, brother?
2: Yeah, how was your little bi-week vacation, little bi-cation?
1: I, I read a lot. I read a lot of, of books, word sandwiches, as as I call them.
2: That doesn't make any sense at all.
1: I fed myself some knowledge, cracked some eggs of knowledge on my own head.
2: That implies that there's... That doesn't make any sense, because there would have to be two things outside of the words.
1: Yeah, it's the cover. The
2: cover still has words on them.
1: As if it's a hardcover, it could be a word sandwich. Like, because you take the, like, if you take the top part off, like, you know how some books have, like, those glossy covers, and you take that off, and there's, like, nothing there, so it's not always words on the book, you dummy.
2: Wow. (laughs) So, the Eagles playing the Patriots on Sunday. Yes, this is happening.
1: How have you been? How have you been? What have you been up to?
2: Oh, well, thank God. Every day is a joy. Everything is delicious. Uh, Dave Zangaro did a piece on Brandon Brooks recently. Brooks, of course, who just uh, got his right guard setting extension, you know, the best. Uh, highest paid guard in the league. Also the best guard in the league. Yes. Brooks, who also was just nominated for the Brock Courage Award uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles, if memory serves as well. So good week for Brandon Brooks. Um, But... I saw this that, that Dave tweeted out from from his piece, which is a good piece. You should go read it. Um, Brandon Brooks and the power of positivity in rehab. Brooks said, and I quote, what am I going to do, man? Be sad about this. Shit? And that's how I feel about getting on the podcast every day. What am I going to do, man? Be sad about this? No.
1: <laughs> you know what his contract made me think of? He made, it made me think of this tweet from him from April 23rd, 2018. This is when they gave Foles a little bit more money. For his performance, he said, If you're wondering about the restructure, I get four mil now, four mil by September 1st, with a couple hundred thousand over the season. The reason I did it was because the effing Super Bowl MVP deserved more money at Nick Foles. Love right. you, bro. Hashtag whatever it takes. Well, this it's- is
2: why Brooks is so delightful. Yeah. Is because, like, why did I restructure? So that Nick Foles could make more money. And then he was asked about, like, you know, staying here, and he was like, yeah, I signed extensions. I don't want to leave. Like this is what you like, you know, like because like, there's a lot of reasons why people would sign extensions for whatever. Right. Yeah. But Brooks, Brooks, I signed extension because I want to stay here. So I extended my contract here. The end. Yep. It That's also reminded me of a tweet of mine from November 27th, 2017. Michael 2017.
1: Does it bang as hard as Brandon Brooks?
2: It says Brandon Brooks is one of the best guys in football. Please feel free to at me
1: before it was cool.
2: <laughs> sorry i just found that tweet after it got extended i was like oh shoot
1: it's got to be one of howie's best signings from from free agency i mean i i can't think of anyone else
2: we have the 2016 spree was uh nigel bradham
1: mcleod ronnie
2: mcleod
1: brandon brooks
2: yeah it was brandon brooks and then it also added a couple of players who while they're not still with the eagles were valuable at the time leotis mckelvin chase daniel um, and there's one other one that like was effective for a year and then he went elsewhere, but it was still important. I can't remember who it was, but like it was a, it was a decent group. It was it was a, it was an important year. Obviously, it was the year how he wrested control back. Brandon Brooks will get all of the credit for being extension worthy and rightfully so. Mm. But this was a dude who was under drafted because he underperformed at the college level. He had a ton of bad weight. The Texans were the team that got him ran him through his rookie year, didn't have the money to resign him. The Eagles are the one who grab him when they grab him. It's one of the bigger contracts that is the biggest contract of that 2016 group that they gave out. Right. Brooks was not really a well-known guy. You know, obviously signing a guard is not sexy. Well, now he's being extended. He's a huge part of what's perennially one of the most dominant offensive lines. Howie deserves some credit for that. And this yeah. just goes back to our overarching point of like, it always looks like the grass is greener. You know, it's always so much easier to remember like, oh, he did a bad job drafting in 2018. Uh, yeah, but, you know, there's there's good players from every class. And there's also good free agent signings that, like, oh, the Eagles haven't added a good veteran free agent signing. Well, they did with Brooks. Yeah, <laughs> Man, the best guard in the, the absolute home run. Yeah. You got to, you know, take them both.
1: A guy that the Texans tried to replace with an absolute bum. And I'm not even sure if the guys – I can't even remember who it was they tried to replace with him. But I know for a fact that, like, he was, like, for two years in a row – Might have been the worst guard in the NFL. I can't remember the name of. But
2: okay, was it Xavier Suafilo? And then he went to the Cowboys. Was it Jeff Allen, or was he the center that they had that went to Kansas City?
1: I think it might have been. uh, I think it might have been Jeff Allen, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Yeah, Jeff Allen.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Nice. No longer in the league. You hate to see it. That was the same year they signed uh, Brock Osweiler, too. Go Texans.
2: The the thing about the Houston Texans is that they make a lot of good choices.
1: (laughs) Whoa. Oh, hot take. (laughs) Uh, Also, some some news from today. We won't go through the full injury report, but this is pretty fresh. Uh, Obviously, we're recording on Thursday afternoon. Alshon Jeffrey has not practiced for the second practice in a row. So looking at the lineup here, no Alshon, no Deshaun. Leaves you with Nelson Aguilar. And then maybe on the outside, we're looking mm-hmm. at J.J. Ortega Whiteside and Jordan Matthews. Maybe Mike Collins somewhere in there. Like, it's it's a big spot for J.J. To, to prove his draft position, hopefully, in this game. Because, boy, do they Listen, need help.
2: As I've always and often said... The best way to integrate your struggling rookie offensive weapon (laughs) is to play him against the number one defense (laughs) in the history of forever.
1: It's crazy.
2: I cannot tell you the number of times I've said this to people. No one listens to me.
1: I've retweeted it multiple times as well. People know that I agree with you on this. Yeah, but yeah, we're going to be previewing the Eagles offense against the Patriots defense on the next Kiss and Solak. Today is going to be dedicated to the Patriots offense against the Eagles defense. We won't talk about quite yet. How the Eagles can survive going up against the first-ranked DVOA defense, allowing 4.6 yards per pass, which is first in the league, and a 19% conversion rate on third down, which is also first in the league, without two of their starting wide receivers. We'll see how that goes. We'll see if we can come up with any answers. But for now, Mm -hmm. we get to preview the Patriots' offense. We'll take a look at them against the Eagles' Defense, who I think uh, people have kind of forgotten might be a bit of a problem after having to, uh, or at least having the luxury of facing Mitchell Trubisky and Josh Allen. Now they go up against. Tom Brady and look, this offense isn't like having like crazy dynamic production, but they're still they're still performing pretty well. They're 11th in DVOA, 13th in the pass, 19th in the run. Uh, 25.7 points per game is ninth. Uh, my initial impression from from watching this offense, I know Warren Sharp has tweeted about this as well, but I think the main thing that I'm worried about, and obviously there's a lot to unpack here, especially with Tom Brady, but the buzzwords going around here are tempo and turbo, and they've gone. To this 9% of their snaps, I think per Warren Sharp. if you look up his personnel frequency thingy-majigger, but right. they also have a 60% success rate with no huddle on the year. For those of you not familiar with success rate, that's really good and really efficient. So when they do go turbo, and it's it's not necessarily to fire off a snap as quickly as possible, they'll also audible in motion. So they'll come up to the line, gather information, and then work from there. For instance, against the Ravens, they had an entire touchdown drive of no huddle. On 1st and 10, and I'll break down a few plays so then we can get, get kind of get to some larger points, but on 1st and 10, Brady recognizes a cover zero blitz. Does that sound familiar? He checks into what they call D slant hook, which is just slant flat to the two wide receiver side. Then to the tight end side, you have Sanu from a nasty split, so he's close to the formation. He's on a speed out with the tight end Ben Watson on an option route that he sits down for a hook curl. So a basic quick passing concept. Check it Check it at the line against a common Schwartz blitz. Sanu catches the speed out, turns it upfield for a first down. Next play, no huddle. Same two-by-two two set to the two-wide receiver side. They've got switch vertical releases with Dor- Dorsett running a post. Edelman is on the wheel. They really like this combination. They call it Peel. Uh, but that's not what makes this play. This this one really has me worried, Ben. This is going to be a play action fake, and what the Patriots do is they pull left guard Joe Thoney across the formation.
2: Is it Thoney or Tooney?
1: Tooney? Is it Tooney or Th- I don't, I know. thought
2: maybe in my head I just like made up that it's pronounced weird, but I always thought it was pronounced Tooney. Anyway, you, you what you were doing was good. I shouldn't have stopped it.
1: Yeah, JJ Ortega Thune across the formation mm-hmm. to pick up the uh, the edge rusher. But what this also does, and uh, this is key. The Mike linebacker reads this pool from Tooney across the across the formation to the tight end side. He takes his read step, he gets sucked into the action, and that's all the Patriots need to send Ben Watson on a crosser over that linebacker for an easy completion against cover three. Eagles like to run cover three. That linebacker is going to be Nate Gary. So you've already got in two plays a check for his cover zero and a play action Cover three beater. And the next play, you get motion to the right, flipping the run strength. The Ravens respond by flipping their linebacker and safety. They're on outside zone to the safety side where Tooney Thoney J.J. Arthega washes that safety out, and you get a giant hole and a nice gain. So if you check my timeline, I linked a piece from Mark Schofield where he wrote for Pat's Pulpit, the the details in these plays, he breaks these down even further, these three plays, even in more depth. But these three ideas form, for me anyway, like the iron backbone of the philosophy that we should see from the Patriots when they go turbo against the Eagles, because it's a formula that will work to attack the Eagles' weaknesses. Tooney. That's what I did. What, what did I say? You
2: said Thoney And don't Uh-oh. pretend like you did. What did I say? <laughs> Tooney. <laughs> uh and the patriots have a video of him pronouncing his name and it's three seconds long and it's just him saying joe tooney twice which i think is great <laughs> um so i appreciate that
1: do they have that for everyone or is that specifically for i don't him, know right like
2: if they have that for tom brady that's a little silly right yeah. but i don't know we'll have to investigate patriots man so so the patriots offense is worse than it was we 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 start from there like that's been the the, the storyline for the first half of the season Ah, oh, this defense is suffocating, it's smothering, you can't see, you can't get around it, there's nothing to do. They have 12 times as many interceptions as they do touchdown passes allowed, and they get off the field on third down, and oh my goodness, they blitz seven against Sam Darnold, yippee right, defense is great. Offense is not as good. Why? There's two things that are missing uh, from this offense. The first is starters. Uh, Isaiah Wynn, mm. been on IR whole season. Starting left guard, I believe, don't quote me, might be a right guard, but I think it's left guard, uh, David Andrews, out, IR, first half of the season. Now, Andrews is not likely to come back this year, from what I understand, but Isaiah Wynn is, is, is designated for return. Mm-hmm. He's probably not coming back for the Eagles game. You know, he could be activated off IR pretty much whenever. Also, uh, rookie, I want to say third round pick, Yandy Kajust. Mm-hmm. Andrew, IR whole year
1: what was it what was his injury because i know he had the knee concern coming Yeah, out. I, I, I have no idea good info ben
2: well my, my first thought was <laughs> knee but then he's i good. realized that's just because he's always had an injured knee so right. i was just you know conflating west virginia stuff but anyway what this leads to oh david andrews are starting center what this leads to is ted karras starting at center marshall newhouse starting at left tackle mike i'm here to tell you something you may not know this marshall newhouse <laughs>
1: He's not a great football player. He's really not. Yeah,
2: and he's bounced around the league literally everywhere. Oh. And the reason is because he's 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 a journeyman. He's a career backup. Ted Karras, not great. Mm. He's a backup. Career backup is the reason why. Okay. So, firstly, you're having an offensive line that is struggling to perform the way we expect for Patriots lines to do. I would still guess they're probably in the low teens. They're still like a top fifteen. Offensive line, right? Somewhere between 15 and 10. Yeah. Which means that they're still above league average. But for what we expect from Dot Garnecchia, offensive line coach in New England, and the Patriots, historically, battle offensive line this year.
1: Do you think they're up there because of the play of Marcus Cannon, Shaq Mason, Joe Tooney, guys like that who are playing solid? They just have those two, like, noticeable weak spots? Right.
2: I think Marcus Cannon's playing good ball. Mm-hmm. Shaq Mason's been dealing with injury a little bit this year, but he's been fine. Yeah. Tooney... Not playing as well as I remember him playing, TBH. But also, I just told you, left tackle and the center are out, and the Patriots' offensive line does everything. Mm-hmm. Everything. It's a very uh, there's, there's a great amount of multiplicity in what they do in terms of run blocking, in terms of their pass checks. When you have a a quarterback like Brady who's been doing this for as long, you can check as many protections as you want. It's so a very advanced uh system for the offensive line in the running game and in pass protection. That gets harder when you're when you're sandwiched between two backups. You know, you you, you, it, it, you have to do more work. There's less, uh, you know... You can't work yourself into as good of, of checks as easily because you don't know, you know, these guys may not be able to execute them consistently. And so I think Tooney's a bit on an island and struggling a little bit because of it. I think he's a better player than what we've seen this year. It's also worth saying he's probably not as good a player as the guy who stonewalled Aaron Donald for four quarters in the Super Bowl. He's probably the truth is somewhere in the middle, right? As we always Correct. say. So Tooney's been a little bit worse than I remember, but Sha- Shaq Mason and Marcus Cannon are two good ball players, and we've known that for a bit. So offensive line is, is, is worse, and this matters because brady ain't ain't escaping this is not the old tommy's game there was never a a, a high caliber athlete and now he's bordering on not a functional athlete he does not get out of the pocket
1: how dare you how dare you break this news and don't lead with it going into the show ben
2: so you you're you're now limited in your ability to push the ball down the field then on top of that much like is the case for philadelphia josh gordon didn't pan out the kill harry went on ir these were the two guys you expected to play as your outside receivers, and you had Gronk retire. Gronk was your seam threat. Mm. I, can't, I like it's so peculiar to watch as much Patriots offensive film as I did these past few weeks and not see a seam route. Team don't run seam routes anymore,
1: right? And they really don't throw deep. Like their their deep ball frequency is down. And like you said, they used to attack seams. Like that was that was their moneymaker.
2: In the past three years of Jim Schwartz versus uh, whatever his name is, Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels. Eagles are going to sit in base cover three. What's, what's the of cover three? It's the seams, baby. It's the seams. Yeah, we're just going to slice it right up there in front of that that Dean Little safety. We will get 13, 15 yards on that whenever we want it. Make Rodney McLeod tackle thirteen times a game. Ideal. You don't have that threat, you know, and 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 you're not even playing real big slot guys because you're not you you don't have the bodies to do it. Muhammad Sanu is your biggest big you know potential big slot guy. Now there were people, myself among them, who advocated Nikhil Harry as a potential big slot player at the NFL level. Jacoby Myers on draft for agent rookie, also a player who's been a candidate for that sort of a role, but they're not putting them there because that's not what they ask of their, their slot receivers. This team wants to run it's quick game. It's high, low game from the slot. And when we talk about the Patriots offense, like I said, it's like Philadelphia in that they've lost the guys who were supposed to be their deep threats this year. So what has the offense become? It's become quick game, shallow depth of target, high low and drive right like if 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 Brady can tell at the snap or immediately post snap that he's going to get an empty flat he's going there for 5 yards every <laughs> single time yeah. and that's been Brady's MO forever but it's now even more especially important because team doesn't have a, a, a good deep threat this mm-hmm. is how they have to survive and then it's it's pivot routes and it's whip routes and it's option routes. And the option route is a big deal because like you've seen him be off schedule and all not on the same page with, with Muhammad Sanu multiple times on option routes. Cause you got to learn. It's yep. not easy. You know, just plug a guy in and, and, and option people uh, down the field with him.
1: And me and real quickly, me and Mark Schofield were talking about that, talking about maybe what the blueprint is, you know, with what the Bills were able to do. The Bills were able to confuse not necessarily Tom Brady, but they were able to confuse the wide receivers that he was working with and it caused a disconnect between Brady and the receivers. Now if the Eagles can do that, we'll we'll see, but continue, it's a good point.
2: Yeah, no, well well, like right. So that's that's exactly where we're gonna end up, right? Which is Okay. So there's some similarities here in how the Patriots offense, how the Eagles offense needs to move the the, the ball down the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, tom brady is eighth in the league right now in time to throw at 2.62 so the eighth shortest and then he's ninth in the league in intended air yards at 7.2 this is a a a a shallow passing team yeah so you need to be able to conflate pre-snap reads and trap post-snap interior routes if you can't tom's gonna throw it 30 times he's gonna (laughs) complete 26 of them he's gonna get 204 yards and three touchdowns
1: and that sounds like an exact stat line against what beats this Eagles defense if you right, want to. Right,
2: right, and, that, and and so that's the interesting thing is like it, it the, this is not a good matchup for the Eagles in a lot of ways. Mm. Uh, we're going to talk about a couple of those ways today and then a lot more of those ways tomorrow. <laughs> but one of the ways in which it's a good matchup for Philadelphia is the Patriots are not a good team at passing deep down the field to their outside wide receivers and the Eagles are not a good team covering deep down the field to their outside wide receivers. Now that being said, you're still asking guys like Nate Gary, Kamu Grugier-Hill, potentially Nigel Bradham if he's back. I think he's day-to-day. You're still asking these guys to potentially win as short zone defenders. If you don't protect them by giving them confusing looks at the snap, the Browns very regularly against the Patriots dropped the defensive lineman and walled off a crosser, and I loved that. Eagles want to rush with four, but they've done this before. Where they'll, they'll they'll send that little a gap blitz and they'll drop those defensive ends. That's great. Get guys in those underneath throwing lanes. But if you spot dropped cover three, oh wow, sounds like Jim Schwartz. If you spot dropped cover three, I mean this team knows that
1: Bill Belichick's been putting hook curl defenders in conflict since before I was born. Literally knows how to get you to check into those coverages.
2: So so right. So if you're not going to pattern match bunch sets, which the Eagles don't do right if you're not willing to you know drop eight and wall off crosses which the eagles occasionally do if you're not willing to do this with regularity tom brady is very very okay with taking his team to second and five 19 times why wouldn't you it's above schedule and and you're not going to be able to 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 get huge chunk plays unless it's in the running game because this really is not a chunk pass a game offense running game or screen game is how they get their big chunk yardage so what the the hope and the and the prayer and the expectation is, whether it's right with the bills and with with like box calls and with moving the point man and, and trying to confuse uh the, the receivers as they get into their routes, whether it's with linebackers walling off crossers, whether it's with pattern matching where you're where you're pushing crossers and you're allowing safeties to come down and rob crossers, which is something Philadelphia does like to do. You have to find a way to get your guys out of country cover three, spot dropping cover three. Or out of cover one man. Right. Because if they are, then you're asking Avante Maddox to win you a whole football game. And he can't. <laughs> He's a good right. player from the interior, but he can't. Yeah, I agree. You know, you Malcolm Jenkins, he can't anymore. He could never, probably, but he really can't now. It's like it, it, it's it's you have to adjust your defense to the offense you're playing.
1: <laughs> On that note, <laughs> when we come back, we'll dive further into this matchup. And uh, we'll make some predictions against the spread that's coming up next here on the Kisten Solak Show.
0: Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a SmartWater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Support for this podcast comes from SmartWater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? SmartWater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, SmartWater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.
1: And we are back here on the Kist and Solak Show episode 144, Bleeding Green Nation, SB Nation, Michael Kist here with Benjamin Solak. Ben, so we talked about some schematic things, what they might do with Turbo, what you need to look for from a coverage aspect from the Eagles, but kind of dialing into some of the matchups here. You're looking at, this is what PFF projects, by the way, and they're always going to move guys around, but Philip Dorsett, Jalen Mills. Julian Edelman against Avante Maddox, who you mentioned might have to win the whole game because they're going to be going to Edelman a lot. He leads them in targets, 90 targets, 63 catches, uh, 663 yards at a 10.5 average with four touchdowns. And then you have uh, Mohamed Sanu looking like he's going to line up against Ronald Darby more often than not. Uh, I think the other thing that you have to be concerned with is when they go with the pony package, with the with the two running backs. And you've got James White, who is an excellent receiver for a running back. And I can just vision in my head and, and this happened last week where they they line James White out wide and it, one of the reasons you do that is number one White can run a route tree so you're really not losing a whole lot put them out there a lot of times you see running backs out there and it's just like curl or streak and it's just you know used as an identifier so the quarterback has more information Patriots will throw to this guy you saw last week or two weeks ago when Tariq Cohen was out there Jalen Mills playing you know Eight yards off ends up ten yards off, and they throw the little curl to Cohen. They'll throw that to James White ten times out of ten if you get to if you get it to him, and they'll do some other things with him as well. So twenty one personnel, which is something that has given the Eagles problems all year and really for a while now under Jim Schwartz, is an issue for me. Anything else you see with the matchups, or anything else that you might be concerned about from this Patriots uh, offense?
2: I said that I said that this is a good. It could be a good matchup. For the Eagles, because their outside corners could be protected. Now
1: you don't have to worry about the Patriots' tight end so much, so that's a plus, right?
2: Which is a big deal. Um, which by the way is it number eighty-two, Eric Tomlinson.
1: Yeah, because eighty-two was in because there because he's is, not on the roster. He's not on the roster. I saw the same thing. I'm like, who is this cat? And I I didn't go. I I didn't end up going back to it because they'll use him as a fullback too. Yes,
2: they put him in fullback and a tight end in these two tight end sets with uh Watson. I had to look at the snap counts for, like, tight ends, yeah. and I see this dude named Eric Tomlinson. That's gotta be it. Right.
1: I was trying to figure it out, too. Like, they just got this guy at the Safeway and plugged him in. Like, is this what they're doing for their fullback? Is back? this
2: allowed? <laughs> right. Like, just, just, you got people out here wearing weird numbers. Anyway. Yeah, he's from Utah. He's 264 pounds. Anyway. That makes sense. Right. So you don't have to worry about the tight ends too much. Now, uh, A couple uh, to respond to a couple questions that I think we've been asked, like, uh, uh, on the old interwebs. Hmm. Uh, what do you do about James White? Well, if it's James White out of the backfield, you keep him in front of you. You rally and you tackle. Uh, historically, the Eagle, the player the Eagles are going to put on him, well, like in man coverage, will be either Nate Gary, Michael, Bra- Malcolm, uh, uh, Malcolm Jenkins, Nigel yeah. Bradham, or if it's right, if it's a third and long and they've got guys in the box that are threatening the blitz, then you could have, have a safety there as well. That being said, it's probably not going to be much of a man coverage game. It's probably going to be more of a zone game for Philadelphia because. Schwartz is going to want to get pressure with four because he's watching the same offensive line that we're watching. He watched Sheldon Richardson absolutely murder uh, uh, whatever the center's name is. I can't remember now. Karis Just yeah. kill him. I mean, poor fella, right? And then you come, you come, and Sheldon Richardson's a uh, doggone good football player, right? But then you come the very next week and it's the Baltimore Ravens and it's Michael Pierce and Brandon Williams who are not known for their pass rushing ability, murdering this kid. Mm-hmm. So we've heard a lot. The sentiment that, hey, this is a, we, we're going to figure out how good Carson Wentz is. This is a Carson Wentz game. Can Carson Wentz lead the Eagles to victory? <laughs> this is a Fletcher Cox game. Yeah. Screw the offense. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, it's not going to go well. If it does, it's heroicism. And that would be cool. But I don't think it's tenable. If this is a, a competitive game, it's the defense. And I think it's Fletcher Cox having what would you call an all-star performance from an all-pro player.
1: Their turnover drive frequency for the Patriots is at 8%. That's sixth in the league. The Eagles need to change that. They're 20th in the league, only 13%. They need to create plus field advantage for their offense for this to be a game. And part of that comes with creating pressure with Fletcher Cox, creating bad throws, and maybe getting some, some strip fumbles in there. So I'm absolutely with you on that. They need help. Both sides of the ball. Complimentary football. Turn the ball over. Don't turn the ball over. You know what I mean? It's got to work on both sides.
2: Yes. Though generating turnovers is, is exclusively a matter of pressure, right? It's not going to be a matter of any sort of defensive back play. Um,
1: I mean, it's got to be quick interior pressure, too, because Tom Brady will step up in the pocket all day against such pressure. They have to get an inside push.
2: Right, well, that's what's nice about having rushers who love to come inside like Brandon Graham and, right. and, and Derek Barnett is this can be an issue at times against mobile quarterbacks, Dak Prescott, Aaron Rodgers. But Derek Barnett's really poor rush in integrity is a great boon against Tom, because he's not breaking the pocket. Right. It's mean, not going to happen. So, I mean, he, he does rarely, but it's very infrequent. So,
1: Yeah, but you can you can have options. You can kind of freewheel a little bit more without worrying about that rush lane integrity. Yeah,
2: Pressure with four. Mm. We should be able to beat this offensive line with our defensive line. That allows us to drop seven against five. That's what allows us to run zone covers. That's what allows us to pattern match. We need numbers. Cool. Well, we've been asked, like, okay, are they going to double Julian Element? It's really hard to double a guy from the slot. <laughs> yeah,
1: it is. It messes with your defense. It's, it's really hard to do.
2: You can if you're in man everywhere else. Mm-hmm. And I'm here to tell you, if the Eagles want to do it with Edelman, fine. Muhammad Sanu is going for 8-104. Mm-hmm. You know, and you got to be able to live with that. And If that's your choice, that's your choice. Sanu has not been a, you know, immediate lock and, and great player for
1: right. for New England. Yeah, if you're dumping resources in one place, you're choosing where to die otherwise. And you got to be comfortable with that.
2: Which... Part of defense, and any defensive coach will tell you this. That's the game. You take away the the, the best thing that you can do. And then if they beat us this way, they beat us this way. Most defenses, and Eagles fans will be triggered by this, but most defenses, like, listen, if they can throw deep to the outside of the numbers with consistency, then they'll beat us that way, which, that's how the Eagles defense loses exactly. um but you know like this like you know you if you have the the talent to be able to do so then you have the talent to be able to do so now we've also been asked is this uh a situation where the eagles are going to be in four corner dime when they have six defensive backs on the field historically they like to get a third safety in there for the size in the box are they going to be four corners in their dime package the answer to that is unequivocally yes in my opinion number one uh you're not gonna have to go into dime a ton just because uh, the the Patriots run a a very high frequency of heavier sets. Uh, so this team is in eleven personnel, only fifty one percent of the time, which is one of the lowest numbers in the league.
1: Then it's kind of like a hodgepodge of, of twelve, what eighteen percent? Right. Their like
2: t- their twelve is at ten percent. Their twenty one is at eighteen percent, which is second mm. highest in the league. Um, that number is conflated by Minnesota, uh, who who's at twenty five percent, which is unbelievably high. But the the the. The the reason that eighteen percent throws you a little bit is because they'll go two backs and they'll put Brandon bold on the outside. They'll put right, James right. White in the slot, and so it, it can be confusing. Um, but you're gonna have to be in four corner because you just don't have the safety talent to to do it. Right? You don't have the safety talent to put a third safety on the field.
1: I also expect the Eagles to be able to hold up in the run game enough to create those situations where you are going to be playing more dime than not.
2: Right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, like you 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 put Rudy Ford, Marcus Epps out there, you're asking to die.
1: So, <laughs> uh.
2: If you get Nikhil Harry, he's on the outside. You put Russell Douglas on him. You leave Ronald Darby on the opposite outside. And then, as we've seen, Jalen Mills and Avante Maddox in the slot. It's not as that's not that bad and in terms of dime packages the Eagles have used before. That's not the worst thing I've ever seen. Now you brought up the <laughs> running game.
1: Shannon Sullivan's not in there. Yet. Go yeah,
2: yeah. And I so said the Patriots uh, on the offensive line and offensive front just do everything right. I would love to sit here and be like, "Aha!" Like with Sonny Michelle on second downs <laughs> in between the thirties. I got nothing for <laughs> you. Nothing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> What I will tell you is that Sonny is the primary ball carrier. Yeah. But they rotate guys in. And because it's it's old Bill, you know, they roll out tomorrow with freaking some fourth string dude whose name I don't know.
1: And I still think, and I think this year, more than a lot of other years, they're still trying to figure out their identity on offense and that already with a very flexible coach when it comes to his not only his game plan. And his personnel, it's hard to get any keys to like really hang on to with this team.
2: Right, which like it's tricky because like are they trying to figure out their identity? Well, the Patriots offensive identity is like, hey, what are you bad at? This is our identity now.
1: I mean, they still have like the spine of what their offense is and they always do that other stuff. But I think this year more than other years because of the issues with personnel, they're trying to figure out, okay, you're bad at this. What are we really good at? What can we impose on teams that they have issues. I mean, it's right. mainly the pa- quick passing game, but you know that. Right. right.
2: Which, which, so right. So I think that yeah, like I, I think it's it's still gonna be a game where you see them try to run the football. I think that yeah, you can't really dial in on this is a zone team. This is a power team. This is how you have to play them. You got to be thick against doubles. They double a lot in, in a variety of situations. Um, you know they pull guys like like Mike said, fullbacks or tight ends lined up as fullbacks, motioning guys into the backfield. They'll do. They'll put those running backs in the backfield. Then they'll bring them into the backfield. Two back sets. You got to be good in your keys. Um, so it's not. An overwhelming offensive line, nor is it an overwhelming talent at running back, but it's still uh, multiplicitous, and that makes it difficult to deal with. What I will say is that the screen game that they run out of the backfield is oh, a delight. It's pretty. The, the variety of ways that they get the running back out of the backfield, the, the timing of the lineman out of the backfield with the angles that they want it's just really cool it's not always just like you know oh the back steps up from shotgun he kind of hangs around for one second then he leaks out to the left it's like swing passes that they, they, like swing release to a screen it's you know upfield release and then leak out for a screen and it's different linemen releasing at different times and, and they're just really really good at getting into the screen game it's very well designed it's clearly practiced really hard this is a very very good screen team that can be an issue for the eagles Because their linebackers can get very aggressive coming in downhill, which means you're at a bad angle to get outside, outside of the hashes, outside of the numbers in the screen game. And then if the corners are in turn and run man coverage, then you got no second line of defense. You get chunk gain. So the Eagles are probably going to give up a couple big screens. Um, And I anticipate that's how the Patriots do most of their explosive passing play damage. Um, So it was a running game, screen game, passing game. At the end of the day, like we don't know what Nikhil Harry is coming back. You know, Philip Dorsett has been, like, inconsistent for them on the outside.
1: Jacoby Myers had one snap last week. Right. And if they go turbo, they're not playing either Harry or
2: Myers, right? Myers, right? which they shouldn't. It should be Dorsett, Edelman, mm-hmm. Sanu, whatever tight end you want who can pretend to be a fullback, and and John, James White or Sonny. But the, the, the salient and overall point being this. For all of the issues passing down the field, if you don't think that Bill Belichick's watched the Eagles defense and hasn't <laughs> dialed up a deep post, you're just dumb. Yeah, right. like I
1: said, they like those switch releases with the with the wheel combined with the post. They're going to run that anyway. I think it's going to be there against the Eagles. Right.
2: And so the thing is, like, this Patriots offense does not look like a, a super dynamic downfield passing 21st century offense. Yeah, but if there's a defense that can make them look that way, it's Philadelphia. And this is what we have to remember is that, like, while the Eagles might have the personnel to take away some of those interior routes, that's where they're stronger in the defensive secondary, while they might have the front four who can threaten that weaker interior offensive line, who can challenge Marshall Newhouse on the left side. Eventually, I mean, like, you go back to Washington in week one. Washington left eight guys in the block, ran play action, deep cross or deep post. Mm -hmm. They ran Yankee three times. Right. And it's going to be open because if you have eight blockers in, Philadelphia's got nine dudes in the box. So Mm -hmm. it's open (laughs) for you. So the thing is, like, we can talk about what we expect and what we've seen. But what we should expect from Belichick is what has been the Eagles issue, which means we should expect deep targets against one-on-one coverage. Uh, and and even if that's not Tom's best ball, and even if it's not the receiver's best routes, they're going to be able to complete on them for chunk gains. And that's, that's the reality the Eagles are living in right now.
1: Did you see the tweet from Mike Reese from ESPN Boston?
2: About Nate Gary?
1: During practice, the Patriots have put the scout team with two yellow jerseys, right? Yes. These are quote-unquote... Key Eagles players on defense. One of them is representative of Fletcher Cox. The other one is representative of Nathan Garrett. Good
2: old Nathan.
1: If I had to guess, it's because they have marked this man for death. That's my best guess. All right. Not because he's some dynamic playmaker you need to know where he is at all times, and I understand you need to identify the mic, and they're going to do some things where he steps in the a gap, and you want to you want to see how you respond from a play you know a, a pass protection standpoint, getting to Cox, making sure that he's taken care of when he steps in like that and all that stuff. I think they're going to play action him. I think they're going to do all types of they're going to do naughty naughty things to Nate Gary in my opinion. I'm very very concerned about that more so than I would be if he wasn't wearing that yellow jersey.
2: Fletcher Cox. Is identified so that the offensive line can practice figuring out which way to shift. Mm-hmm. Nate Gary is identified <laughs> so that the quarterback can practice identifying where to throw the football.
1: I mean, it's as simple as that.
2: This is not like a let's take away Nate Gary thing. This is like a <laughs> he's the mic. <Mike." laughs> we had a... Gotta- call plays relative to the mic
1: they're wearing the jersey for very different reasons exactly yeah and even
2: if but even if
1: maybe it's a basic thing
2: even if it was like hey let's put jerseys on the guys we care about the most even though even even (laughs) even if it was about putting jerseys on the people we care about the most Uh and even nate gary's most ardent supporters have to agree (laughs) that on this defense if you identify the two players you worry about the most Nate's
1: probably not one of them. Not at all. Exactly. Anyway,
2: Yeah, no, I saw that. That made me laugh. Uh, do we have a number for the Patriots offense?
1: Yeah. we. we oh, we, over. We... <laughs> go ahead. Okay. Wow, that was quick. Well, let's go to the DraftKings Sportsbook official line here. Patriots are favored by three and a half. 44 and a half is the over under. I'm assuming that I'm assuming that line is going to shift a little bit more once we find out more about Alshon Jeffrey because it's not looking fantastic so that would put the score let's put it around 24 to 20 so 24 for the patriots um over ben you 24 yeah
2: it's gonna be f- sub 40 degrees in philadelphia this sunday
1: isn't it gonna be like 41 though like dude do you think that bothers tom brady
2: have you seen like it's it's high of 41 or it's like high or low or it's like day and night 41 33
1: uh, yeah I, you know what i did see that yeah, yeah, yeah. naughty yeah. um They mentioned that on BGN Radio with with Kemski and uh, BLG, too, which is fascinating.
2: Right. When it's nippy, hits hurt harder. Um, And so I think that that, that's more of an incentive to pass than it is to run. Also, thinner air uh, is easier to throw the ball against. But then again, also, if your hands are cold, you have a bad grip. So, I mean, it's whatever.
1: Great for the Eagles receivers. That's fantastic. That's going to happen.
2: I'm so excited to talk about the Eagles offense tomorrow. So excited. (laughs) Um, I'll take over on 24. Yeah, me too. I... Do not anticipate Bill Belichick being confounded by what the Eagles can do on defense. Oh, I forgot one thing. I'm looking at my notes. Mm. Use stunts. Okay, I'm done.
1: That's gonna do it. <laughs> that's that's the preview. So we're going over on 24 points, and uh, on the next KNS, we'll be talking about the uh, the Eagles' offense against the Patriots' top-ranked defense. It's it's gonna be a fun one. They really need to win probably two out of three between Patriots Seahawks Dallas that would be ideal out of those three games got my doubts about this one Ben say goodbye to the gentle listeners
2: hey thank you as always we're back for listening to the Kiss and Solak show hey hey here on uh, Blue and Green Nation radio would do appreciate you swinging by the back half of the season awaits what Philadelphia what? five and four seven games left tied ah. for first in the NFC East the division title is in sight it's actually very funny Mike we're pretty much like if you look at playoff projections, ESPN 538. There's two teams in the NFC West making it, Seattle and San Francisco. There's two teams in the NFC North making it. That's Green Bay, and Minnesota. Uh huh. Then you've got the uh, the heads of the NFC South. Uh, the winner there being New Orleans. And then it's likely the winner of the NFC East. And so this is pretty much the last battle we've got in the NFC left over. It's gonna be a fun one. We're looking at that Week 16 game against the Eagles or oh, against Cowboys. I can't keep my face straight. This is too cute. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> Week 16 game against the Cowboys coming up uh, If you enjoyed the show Please go ahead rate, review, and subscribe on whatever app You listen to your podcasts If you leave a cool review I haven't looked at them in a while I'll look at them now so make sure you leave one uh, We have a show coming up tomorrow is on the camera right now
1: So I really can't focus on the wrap off. <laughs> we all we got Ugh. We all we need Say Augie Fly Eagles fly Go say hi?